Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, caffeinators. Welcome back to another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Um, we're already filling up for Vet Tech Week in October, so get your hospital party res- reservation booked today. <laughs> um, we'd like to thank all of our uh, loyal caffeinators for their continued support by um, continuing to rep and purchase our merchandise and by patronizing us. We got a new Patreon this past week. Thank you very much, Lisa Ann, for following along um, and continuing to download our episodes and subscribe to all of our channels. If this is your first time here, um, we're super, super glad to to have you listen along. Um, You can head over to vettechcafe.com for all of the info about Dave and me, why we do this, who we are, um, kind of some of our background. We're on all the major social media platforms, um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. We have a YouTube channel that we post all the videos of our Vet Tech Tap Rooms, which we do at least monthly. Um, We've uh, put up all the video, the live video of that as well. So definitely head over there. You can check us out and, and see who we are and what we're doing. But we're uh, we're glad you're here, um, David. How's it going out there? What's on your mind? Uh, it's good here. It's it's early here for me. It's super early for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm actually surprised you're awake. Uh, but but things are good here. I just got back from South Carolina um, uh, a few days ago, uh, doing a consult down there. And uh, today working on the the report for that and um, yeah, just getting, getting back to normal. Um, This was my last trip until IVX. So I've got like two, three months before I have to have to do any more travel, which this has been a a very busy spring for me. And I'm I'm happy to be just home and have like a couple months of just being a homebody. Um, but, but things are good here. How are things going out there? I know you, you just moved last week. Yeah. So how, yeah, we, how's things going? We moved, uh, we moved location of the Vet Tech Cafe here in California. It was only a, a move of a few minutes away. Um, and thankfully we had movers do everything. So that helped tremendously. Now it's just the unpacking and settling in, which is why I'm still kind of in a temporary setup here, but, uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going really well. The, the space is going to work great. My daughter finally has her own room. I have my own office. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be much, much better. We're, we're, we're really happy to be settled in and, and yeah, the, the, the early time frame caffeinators just as a little bit of a timestamp. So, um, it, previously as, as you maybe remember, we've done a couple of international episodes and we have another one today. Um, so it's 5am here on the West coast, 8am for Dave and for our guest all the way over in Malaysia, it's 8pm. Um, so <laughs> just, just some of the sacrifices we make for you guys to, to bring you the amazing <laughs> interviews that we do. So, um, but really excited, Dave, about today's episode. Um, I think this yeah, is going to be really, really fascinating. So 
We have um, Suvia Chong coming by the Uvet Tech Cafe today. Um, she started uh, her career um, in kind of veterinary medicine in 2006 as a pet groomer, and then in 2016 had an experience with one of her own pets becoming really, really ill, went to uh, an emergency veterinary hospital and was reminded of her passion for veterinary medicine and kind of then transitioned um, into becoming a veterinary assistant. Um, she is now um, in the distance education program with Purdue University here in the U.S. to obtain her um, veterinary nursing degree. Um, she works um, at a large specialty hospital in Malaysia. Um, we're going to talk about this too. Um, the place where she works has two veterinary nurses to 16 veterinarians, despite being one of wow. the largest hospitals in the country. So we'll kind of talk about that dynamic, but um, we're also going to talk about um, all, all this experience leading to the formation of Malaysia's first veterinary nurses association in 2022, uh, the MAVNA, um, and how that's kind of going and advancing the profession in Malaysia. Um, and also, um, her, you know, her long-term aspirations are to become recognized as a VTS um, in emergency and critical care and anesthesia are her passions. So, awesome. um, Sophia, thank you so much for taking some time out to, to join us from halfway around the world to talk about all this stuff. We're so, so, so excited and thankful for you to be here. Um, I know it's late in the evening for you there, but um, can we get you a cup of coffee or, or something else to drink? Hey, hi everyone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just uh, not not very good at uh, public speaking or anything sort of like that. But uh, I just, hope I can. Yeah, just a, yeah, we're, 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 just, we're just chatting, no problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm just hoping I can share something about our association today. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, if you don't mind, um, you know, take us through kind of. Veterinary medicine for you, what what got you into it? What sparked that interest? Um, how you came to find the, the program at Purdue that you're in now, um, where you're at with that, um, and the work that you do? Uh, so, I mean, uh, it's already in the introduction. I started my career initially. I've always wanted to be a vet. So since I was little, it, it's just something that I want to be. But then being a pet groomer was something... Uh, something I didn't expect, but I've been a groomer for 13 years. And finally, in 2016, my pet got sick. And when I was at that hospital, the vet uh, that attended to us, uh, I was very inspired by her dedication. And that got me thinking that uh, perhaps this is something I, that I should really pursue as a career because uh, now I'm 36 years old. So if I don't pursue this now, then it would be... I mean, it, would, it might be too late for that, you see. Yeah. So, uh, so I joined the hospital as a volunteer initially. I wanted to get a good CV or maybe a recommendation from my employer so that I can pursue uh, veterinary medicine in one of the two universities in Malaysia. So, but um, as in, in 2017, I have another dog and she got really sick. She's only two years old but she developed a third-degree AV block. So back then, uh, it was in 2017, my employer told me that uh, yeah, it, it might be a very common procedure overseas to, to uh, place a pacemaker. In Malaysia, there's simply no expertise or specialist to do anything. My dog would be dead in a couple of days, he said. So it's really sad for me because, because there's just... 
I mean, there, there's nothing that I can do about it. I'm just watching my dog die yeah. because there's just no expertise to do this simple procedure for us here in Malaysia. Then it got me thinking, what is the reason for our lack of specialists and uh, expertise of veterinarians here in Malaysia? And when my boss told me that uh, in Japan, there's this uh, surgeon, he repairs mitral valves for dogs. So this surgeon in Japan, he has a team of veterinary nurses that helps him with all his procedures and surgeries in his clinic. They, uh, you know, they nurse his uh, heart patients and all those. And then got me really thinking that veterinary nurses are actually a very important part of a veterinary practice that is uh, really lacking here in Malaysia. In our hospital, well, despite me saying that there's two veterinary nurses, there's actually not, no trained veterinary nurses here in the hospital. So it's actually 16 to 17 vets to just two veterinary assistants, not trained, and a few kennel boys, uh, kennel workers. So, well, as you can guess, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, because veterinary nurses really do a lot of things, you know, including the nursing, comfort of patients and all those. So having no nurses, I, I would say that patients are quite neglected. And most of them, they are just cold in the cage. Uh, their comfort are not really taken care of. And and that's really, really sad because, uh, it, you know, in, in such a devil, our veterinary hospital is actually one of the most equipped in the country. We have CTs, we have MRIs, we have big ultrasounds that, that cost half a million ringgit, and yet there are no veterinary nurses. So, I mean, what's the point of having a lot of diagnostics and a lot of... Uh, uh, all, all these things, but there are no patient care. So that, that's when I decided to pursue my veterinary degree, veterinary nursing degree at Purdue in hopes to become a veterinary nurse to make these sort of changes here in Malaysia that I can help the veterinarians to become better vets, to improve the, the entire industry so that uh, yeah, we, we can work together as a team to improve the industry as a whole. So other uh, besides, well, when the nursing care that is uh, a bit lacking here in, in the country, the vets here are also very overworked and they are, uh, most of the time, they are very tired. So that, that's also one of the reasons why I think veterinary nurses are extremely important because we cannot expect the vets to be doing everything. So in the practice now, only the vets are allowed to perform all procedures and and uh, other medical sort of uh, things for the pets. So uh, because assistants are not recognized in the Veterinary Surgeon Act of Malaysia, so we are not allowed to perform anything and the vets are in charge of doing everything else. So yeah, so this is something that uh, our association is looking to change this year. We are looking to propose an act to the Malaysia government to allow veterinary nurses uh, to perform more medical procedures such as, I mean, simple things that the other countries are doing now such as venipuncture and other very small procedures. I mean, it's somewhere that we can start with. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing by what you're saying there about, you know, the veterinarians being responsible for doing all that you you do mean like blood draws and taking x-rays and placing yes. iv catheters and that that's that's all stuff that the veterinarians do there correct yeah that is correct yeah wow 
Wow. Yeah, that would wow, be, that's... that would, that would take a lot off of their plate. Absolutely. Well, and when you were saying that there was two vet nurses to, to 16 doctors, I was like, oh man, those, those two <laughs> nurses are going to be running ragged. But if, yeah. if there's really not a lot that they're allowed to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm trained nurses actually. So we are only allowed to restrain and handle the pets, but nothing else. So everything wow. is gotcha, up to the gotcha. pets. Yeah. Wow. So just thinking about, you know, you're, you're still getting into the, into the, the, the schooling of, of this profession. So what is your view of the profession right now? Obviously yours is going to be a lot different than our normal guests because your, your view is there, there's a lot that you're not allowed to do as a, as a, as a vet nurse that we in the States are allowed to do. Yeah. Uh, well, most of the, uh, my, um, the association MAFNA, we call it MAFNA here in Malaysia. So we are very, I, mean, I was very inspired by the American way of uh, veterinary medicine because uh, when I was in, when I, when I was doing the course in Purdue, there's a lot of things that nurses are allowed to do and required to do that we are not allowed here in Malaysia. So even simple things like venipuncture is against the law. There was this vet here in Malaysia that uh, allowed his assistant to do a venipuncture for a dog. He was, uh, uh, the local council actually suspended his license for a year, if I'm not mistaken. This is something I've heard from my ex-employer. So it, it's, the rules are very strict here. So yeah. it is, it's just big. And furthermore, there's no opportunity for veterinary assistants or nurses to grow here in Malaysia. And our starting salary is actually very low. It's 1,500 uh, ringgit. That's only about 300 USD. It's barely enough for anyone to get by, but because they are not allowed to perform any task that makes their value not, they are not valuable in a veterinary setting. And so to change all this, to change the amount of uh, pay, minimum pay for a veterinary assistant or nurse here in Malaysia, we need to fight for more uh, uh, roles that a veterinary nurse can perform here in Malaysia. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm, sorry. I'm not sure if I. No, that, <laughs> put that's it okay. No, it, it, it yeah. makes complete sense. Um, you know, one question I would have is: is have you talked to very many veterinarians about how they feel about this? Do you have support from the veterinarians to kind of work forward with this and and try to you know get some of this legislation and stuff passed where you guys can do some more of this stuff to to relieve them of some of those duties or do you find veterinarians to enjoy doing that stuff and, and not necessarily want somebody else to do that? Um, how do you find that to be so far? Okay, one of the few challenges that we face here in Malaysia is that uh, we have two school of thoughts. Some vets are extremely in support of veterinary nurses. These are vets that uh, receive uh, overseas training. They've been trained in Europe or the UK and they fully support that veterinary nurses should be doing the background uh, procedures rather than the vets having to run around and do everything. So they are fully in support of uh, our course. But there are also some vets who are not so exposed. They felt like veterinary nurses could be competing for their job. So there were some that uh, actually spoke out and said that if veterinary nurses are allowed to uh, perform dentistry, scaling or venipuncture or putting a catheter, then what would they be left to do? And there are also some vets that said that uh, this is not overseas. In Malaysia, veterinary nurses, uh, we cannot allow veterinary nurses to 
to then distribute because you know this is just not overseas. So I felt like why are we limited? Why are our capability limited to the our country of origin? We we can be better if we are allowed to do that. If we are better educated, and if we are better exposed, there are a lot more things that we are able to do. But if the veterinarians restrict what we are allowed to do, this profession will never grow. So uh, right now, uh, the major veterinary associations in Malaysia are not in favor of having veterinary nurses uh, performing the procedures that I mentioned before, uh, even simple procedures. So especially, uh, we were having a discussion with one of the association the other day. We were suggesting things like um, dentistry scaling. Immediately, there was a there was a commotion. He just uh, one of them just said that veterinary nurses shouldn't be doing dentistry. These are the job of a veterinarian. So I mean, without considering and without putting any of this into consideration, they immediately rejected uh, what we have to propose for veterinary nurses here in Malaysia. So these are one of our challenges in this country because uh, the pet industry is quite new here. It's just for the past 20, 30 years. Before this, it's a lot about large animals, farming and that sort of thing. So I'm sure we can change something. Uh, it will just take a while, quite a long time <laughs> and some effort, I'm sure. Just thinking about how you're going through Purdue, is, is, is there not any educational um, opportunities on in Malaysia or is, is that? No, there are no option? veterinary nursing courses here in Malaysia. There's a few okay. uh, diploma in animal reproduction. I'm sure they have the, have it there in America as well, but these are nothing nothing like veterinary nursing that I'm doing at Purdue. The, it, it's a vast difference, but a lot of people think that it's the same thing here. But for me, uh, once I started my Purdue course, I felt like it, it, it's a whole different thing. You know, your your nurse, Vet Nurses Association that just started last year, have you guys set up like educational requirements? Have you have you set up stuff? Do you have like a, a licensing exam or a credentialing exam for this? We don't have anything yet. Uh, okay. Uh, end of this year, they are tabling the Veterinary Surgeon Act again. Uh so uh, our few of our members are trying to, uh, the few veterinary members, because in our association, we include everyone. We have vets, we have uh, assistants, we have all support staff. So the few vets that we have that is fully in support of veterinary nursing, they are actually trying to table for a, a, a better act that is more inclusive of the veterinary nursing community here in Malaysia. So we are trying to get that uh approve end of this year but for now we are giving out a lot of free webinars uh, nursing webinars we are participating in the upcoming uh, one of our small animal associations uh, event we are doing a, a wetness stream we are including quite a, a two international speakers so that our members can be more exposed to how uh, the international very nursing scene looks like awesome as far as um you know, with where what you're doing at Purdue. So you had mentioned um, the assistance there. You know, restraint is is really all that you know. For the most part, you guys are allowed to do or trained to do over there. How how difficult is it for you to be able to do some of the tasks 
probably that the the Purdue program requires, you know, as, as far as venipuncture is an example, um, do you find it difficult to, to do some of those things as you're going through the program or are the veterinarians you work with kind of understanding of what you're doing and, and willing to work with you and, and help train you on that? Or what does that look like? Um, so far, it is still illegal okay. <laughs> for veterinary for anyone other than the veterinarians to perform any of those uh, procedures. So for now, I've not taken up taken up any of my practicals yet. Okay. But uh, my, my externship, I was thinking of, I don't know, I, I was thinking of traveling to Purdue to complete some of the tasks, make something out of this, and and pursue it to be something better, so I can prove to them that. You know, we are not just veterinary nurses or assistants. And just thinking about, you know, not just you, but other other people that are that are wanting to become vet nurses in Malaysia, are are they also going to have to travel to you know states where it's you know or not states, but like areas of the, of the world that some of the stuff you want to do is is not illegal to do. And most of our veterinary nurses here in Malaysia, they uh, they are pursuing. A certificate in Australia, so mm. that is the more common one. Most of them are taking this uh, certificate for in veterinary nursing. That's uh, uh, that's available at Australia. Also, distance learning. So I'm not so sure about the uh, the medical procedure that they are allowed to do, but some employers will allow their employees to perform this task. Uh, in secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So so the so the veterinary nurses that are already there in Malaysia, most of them have, have done their training or education through Australia or or other countries. I think there's right? only a handful, maybe three or four uh, individuals who has obtained the certificate for in veterinary nursing. As far as I know, there are no uh, there's no one that has done an American program or even in the UK, any diploma or degree. So at most, I think there's about three in the entire Malaysia that has a certificate for in veterinary nursing from Australia. Got it. I'm, j- I'm just looking at the map of Malaysia and realizing that Australia is a heck of a lot closer than the US. <laughs> um. It is. And the fees is uh, it, it's much cheaper Uh comparatively. I think it's one third of the price that I'm paying oh, <laughs> for my yeah, course now yeah. at Purdue. Yep. I would bet. Uh, yeah. But but I would I, I mean Purdue has really it, it's really eye opening. I, I would not change it for anything because the reason for my I mean my inspiration comes mainly from my Purdue course and, and NAFTA, I would say, I mean to be honest. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. of all the things that the Americans are doing, Americans are so you know, I'm not trying to, you know, but but you guys are doing such a good job at at um, you know, fighting for what what you want and what you need. So I think the Asians should should learn to do that as well, uh, because most of the time Asians would just uh, you know shut up and take it, and we just need to <laughs> sit around <laughs> while everyone step on our heads. But I don't think that should be because for the past twenty years. There were occasionally someone who would just come up and say, you know, Malaysia needs veterinary nurses, but they were just uh, shut down and and then uh, it just gets forgot- forgotten and no one would bother to change the bills, the act. And and therefore, in 2023, we still don't have any uh, laws or regulation for veterinary nurses here in our country. 
Hmm. And as you mentioned earlier too, it, it's yes, it's about you guys and, and your education and the credentials and all of that, but it's it's about the patients, right? I mean, that's that's the it, whole. It's point. all about it's, the patients. It's, it's yes. better patient care. It's taking better. You know, it, it's all of those things, and and you know. I think as long as at the end of the day, that's, that's the goal. That's what you're trying to fix. Like I have a hard time believing or, or finding that, that, that you'll have, you know, kind of eternal resistance to that. I mean, I, I think that even the veterinarians eventually will want to have better patient care for their, for their patients. And maybe they just have to see it in action to actually realize that's the, that's how it's going to go. Um, you know, one question I had for you, you mentioned Purdue there, and we're going to talk more about it a little bit after the break, but I'm curious how, how you came to find Purdue, how, how you chose Purdue or why you chose Purdue, kind of what led you, what, what led you to taking the, this program through Purdue? Uh, well, uh, there's, uh, there are two, uh, specialists, uh, in Purdue that they're from Malaysia. So, ah, okay. uh, yeah, so they are very well known here in Malaysia because they are one of the few specialists that came from Malaysia. So, uh, well, of course, it's it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. And so when we, in Malaysia, the Purdue University is, is a really something that everyone wants to get into. <laughs> okay, okay. And, yeah, it's a very prestigious, uh, yeah. And so, so they, so they were veterinarians in Malaysia. They did like their residency or that in, in at Purdue, and now they're back in Malaysia. Or I think they are working. They're they're, uh, they're in they are specialists in diagnostic imaging. Uh, in, oh, okay. In Purdue University. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. That's awesome. No, and and not to not to I'm, we we're, we're going to take a little break here, but one of the things that I, that I'm thinking of when you're when you're saying that the veterinarians are doing all these things. Uh, has anyone mentioned to them that they could probably see two or three times the number of patients <laughs> if they had technicians actually doing a lot of those things that they're not allowed to do? Has anyone men- mentioned that to them yet? <laughs> okay, up until I think the past few years, up until I think the formation of MAFNA, most vets don't even have the concept of veterinary nurses. For them, they are veterinary assistants, but they are for restraining, for feeding mm-hmm. the pets. But for them, it, it didn't come across their mind that someone else could be doing all the <laughs> other <laughs> tasks and they could be focusing more on surgeries and the consultations yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So for them, it, it, it's just unheard of. They, they don't know about this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's understandable changing a, a, an entire way of doing yeah, things yeah. for however long, like there, there's going it, to, it, until I think until you see it in action, sometimes it's, 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 then it will be eye-opening, hopefully. Well, why don't we take our little break here and uh, pay some bills, and we'll be back right after the break. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. Caffeinators, at the Vet Tech Cafe, you know we like to focus on mental health. If you're struggling with depression, burnout, compassion fatigue, or any of the other mental health challenges we discuss on our podcast, Getting professional help is a great first step. We all need help with things like learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, which empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major mental health challenges. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
Dave, I've used BetterHelp. Um, I had really good success with it. I really liked that it was entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They really make it easy for you to get the help you need. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash VetTechCafe. It's time to invest in yourself. Be well, caffeinators. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Vet Tech, Ca- Vet Tech Cafe. I don't know why I stumble over that all the time. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where we're continuing our international series with with a, a tech from or a vet nurse from Malaysia. So, Suvia, one of the things we always like to ask our guests after the break is, how do you manage your own mental health? Um, I, I realize that the 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 demands of the job are, are difficult in the U.S. as they probably are in Malaysia as well. So how do you manage your own mental health? Uh, I think in, I mean, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not speaking for others, but in Asia, I think we're better at, <laughs> at, <laughs> at uh, managing our mental health because we are so used to being pushed to our limits. And because uh, previously at that hospital, I worked seven days a week, uh, almost 14 to 15 hours a day. And I barely had a holiday. I only, I the only ever time I've taken off was uh, when I got COVID. <laughs> so that was the only time in uh, five years that I was there that I took uh, a break. Wow. So for us, mental health is uh, we we are just so used to you know from when we were a kid, our parents are like you need to get A's and you need to be top of the class. So we are so used to being in that kind of position that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, very, very quite good at managing our mental health. But it's all for the patients because without without them, I, I mean it's uh I, I most of the time because there are no veterinary nurses where I work. So I, I I just want to make things comfortable for our patients. So it's all for the patient. Wow. Absolutely. And you mentioned too earlier, you know, with so many of the veterinarians being overworked and, and tired and especially because they're doing so many things that for Dave and I and for so many of our listeners in the US here and around the world it's they're doing things that they don't they don't need to be arguably shouldn't be doing and, and let let you know other people kind of the veterinary nurses do some of those tasks take some of that off their plate do you find and and it may be just a, a you know more of a cultural aspect but do veterinarians struggle with their workload and and how much because i can imagine you know if they're working six seven days a week like you are those long days like you mentioned at some point that takes a really hefty toll on on you i mean i I can't imagine they do that you know years and years and years and years but again i come i'm it's very different here obviously in the states do you find people ever that you're aware of, like, leave the profession just because they're so tired or overworked um, or, or go on to do something else? Or or they is it, are we completely content just, you know, kind of accepting those long hours and those long days and that's just how it is and, and they, they do their entire career that way? 
Well, a few of the very dedicated vets that I know, they they get burned out. So naturally, they get very angry all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you can ask a small question and, and they'll just... Uh, they'll just blow off <laughs> so but yeah, but i understand yeah. because they're really tired and and at that hospital where i work it's a we have a 24-hour service so most of the time it's those 16 vets that are rotating to to do the the night service and the emergency service we don't have vet nurses as well so can you imagine they are doing it all alone mm. with one mm. kennel staff who's only in charge of uh, restraining the animals so the vets are doing everything. They're charging the clients. They're picking up the calls and they're washing the animals. The, they're putting the catheters and everything. <laughs> so they are very angry. They are very tired. And but like I said, Asians are just you know most of the time they they stay. The hospital where I work, the the vets are there for more than ten years. They're still there. They're very tired, but they're still there. So. I think veterinary nurses will make a huge difference for them in terms of, I mean, the, we, we can share the workload with them. A lot of things we, we yeah. will be able to help them. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. So it's not just for the patients, for the vets, for their yeah. mental health. For me, I'm, I'm still okay. But for them, I can see that they are really, really, <laughs> they are pushed yeah. to their limit I, really, yeah, and beyond. I can only imagine, yeah. Mm. Sylvia, so talk, talk talk about the M- MAVNA. How did that come to be? Um, who's involved in it? You know, how how is that going? Okay, so for MAFNA and uh, our association, uh, this idea started in twenty twenty uh, when you know uh, the other veterinary assistant at my place. I uh, I sort of invited her and I asked her that, that would she like to start an association with me. And then we can gather other nurses and, uh, you know, start up something where we can talk about our things and that sort of thing. It started as a small Facebook group, but it, it, we had really lukewarm response. None of the, we, we couldn't get any assistance or very nurses to share anything at all. So in 2021, I approached my mentor. Uh, she's a vet and uh, being trained in uh, Europe, she, her... She is more accepting of veterinary nurses. She felt like this is a really good idea and she really value uh, what the veterinary nurses can do here. And uh, she, she thinks that there is an opportunity for, uh, this, uh, for this here in the country. So she gathered all her veterinary friends while I, I start going through social media. We started combing through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, looking for like-minded veterinary assistants and nurses to join us because we need at least seven from around the country to register with uh, the Association Body of Malaysia. So we went around and we managed to gather 15. uh, And then we gathered in Kuala Lumpur in 2022 in uh, September. And that's when we had our first uh, general meeting. Then in December, we our association was officially approved. Then today, we have a total of about 230 members, veterinary nurses and assistants, and also vets as well from all over Malaysia. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, obviously, you're going through the, the program at Purdue, um, and I know uh, a past NAVTA 
nabbed a president, um, I think it was 2022, Ashley Selke, uh, works at Purdue University. Yep. I'm curious, did you get much help or guidance or assistance either from her or from anybody at NAVTA as far as, you know, you know, how to things to ask for things to look for, um, you know, did, did, did NAVTA help you or kind of guide you in any way? Well, I, I was one of the recipient of, uh, 2022's, uh, tuition for tech, 2,500, uh, USD. <laughs> and oh, that gosh. really, really helped a lot for yeah. the association in terms of, the motivation there was really great because uh, having awarded that amount and and being featured in their newsletter, it, it was just, it, it really motivates me to do something for the veterinary nurses here in Malaysia. So uh, that itself was a really, really great help from NAFTA and that was really inspiring for me to pursue this further for, for our career here in Malaysia. So recently, I think last week, I've also been awarded the another scholarship from uh, United Vet Care. So that is, I mean, I'm just speechless because the Americans are so open to helping people from <laughs> another country. I've tried to apply from, uh, from Australia, from the UK, but most of them are only for their own citizens. But for, for you know, the United States, I mean, it's, I'm just speechless really because this is, this is too scholarship that I've gotten from, from, um, yeah. So the, the Americans are really, really, I, I can say that, um, uh, the inspiration to start MAFNA as an association for the Malaysian veterinary nurses is, uh, the Americans play a huge role in this because of, yeah, what you do, the things that you do and <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's I, I don't know if that makes sense. Or yeah, not. no, absolutely. Yeah. That, that and yeah. that's wonderful mm-hmm. to hear. Actually, that you're that you're getting that support. Um, that's actually how how I found uh, Mavna was um, in NAFTA's newsletter. Um, I think several months ago, when I first reached out to yeah. you, I mm-hmm. happened to see it in the newsletter that um, that there was official the the formation of of Mavna. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's. I'm glad to hear that you had some support from from our side in that because we talked um, a few months ago. Um, uh, Dave Rochelle in um, yeah. in Puerto Rico, um, who's working on kind of the same thing, trying to get a, a vet nurse association started there. And oh, and, wow, uh, okay. And it's 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 it is a massive undertaking and a, it's a huge process to go through to do that so I'm, I'm glad to hear you had some support yeah um yeah that that really helps a lot the, in terms of the finances because it, it really takes a lot to start up an association the amount of promotion that we need to do and and to get members i mean the only way we can we can have a, a say in a lot of uh, veterinary nursing matters is to have uh, members we need a good amount of members, and to do that, we need to do a lot of uh, promotions. We need to, we need to, yeah, provide a lot of uh, free webinars, events, and and that sort of things. So absolutely, it really helps a lot. Yep. Has Has there been any input from Purdue on what what you guys are trying to do? Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> not yet. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah. But. Um, I mean that I really need to thank them. They are a huge inspiration yeah. for me. Yep. Have Have you talked to them about 
the limitations that you have in your country about what you're not allowed to do? I have not. Like how, are they, how, are you, how are they planning to have you go through that without being able to do, I hate to keep using the, the, the skill of venipuncture, but that, that seems to be the, you know, the, the bare, bare minimum, I would think, for, for a vet nurse. Um, how, how are they, they kind of handling that? Uh, this is still something I'm, I'm quite worried about because uh, I, I, I haven't done any of my practicals or externship right. yet. But uh, I, I'm not sure on how I'm going to approach them on this because this is a this is the minimum requirement, like you said. So I mean, it, limitation in my country does doesn't mean that they are, you know, they should give me a leeway or or that sort of things. I mean, I right. cannot just tell them that I cannot do my externship, but I expect to to graduate. So I, I will need to find a way to yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah to complete that yeah yeah. And I, I would almost guess, you know, going through this at Purdue, you probably would have to come to the States to do that training as opposed to going to Australia, which is much, much, much closer. They would probably prefer you to come to Purdue to do that if you can't do that in Malaysia. Is that right? I think uh, several of the students actually mentioned that in uh, April and May uh, every year, they actually allow distance learning students to to go to Purdue to perform some of the oh. externship tasks and and that sort of things. I haven't asked about that yet, but the my classmates have been talking about it, so I was hoping that would be true. Then, if I can spend two weeks there, just just finishing up all my externship, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, assuming you're able to do that, um, when would you graduate Purdue? Um, what year would that be? I was hoping to graduate by 2025 because, I, I mean, uh, right now, every semester, I could only fit in one or two subjects uh, mm-hmm. because I really work really long hours and yeah. and seven days a week. Actually, today is my off day, but I'm at work as well because we really don't have enough uh, veterinary support staff to do a lot of things. You know, we talked a little bit about the about the veterinarian relationship that, that they have with, with vet nurses. And, you know, just thinking about the, the place that you work now, um, is it easy enough to get get them to, to say, okay, at some point she's going to be doing some blood draws and, and things like that? Is, is that something that's going to eventually happen? Or do you feel like that's still going to be a stumbling block even after you get your degree? There are some... Oh. Yes, definitely. Even after I got my degree, I think it will still be, unless uh, our government would uh, change our current veterinary surgeon act, I don't think in the near future any vets will allow us because their license would be on the table. If anything, if uh, if if they get complaints or, or if, if they get caught, it, it's their license that would be suspended. So it's a huge risk to take, which I, I don't want to risk... Uh, my my DBM's license just because sure, of yeah. them. Yep, it's not fair for them, and and I understand if they are they're worried about it because I would be too. <laughs> right. So if you get, if you once you finally get through the program and and let's just say things don't change in the in the regulations of what you're allowed to do, would you still stay there or would you move to somewhere where you can actually do the things that you've been trained to do? I, I would stay here because yeah. if I am not here to make the changes, no one else will for me. Excellent, I, excellent I mean, answer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because I, I want to make changes. I, yeah. I mean, to, to run away, it's easy. I, I could have 
uh, go anywhere. I, I could have had a good opportunity elsewhere, but to do that, it would be easy. Then, then yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do this too. Because the reason why we started this association is because we want to make changes here in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, getting back to the to the association, what's next for for Mavna? What what are the next steps in terms of? Um, you know, are you just waiting to hear from from government, or do you need to more time to to get things together, or or what's next for for Mavna moving forward? Well, we are thinking because uh, we don't have any formal certification, education, or anything uh, for veterinary nursing here in Malaysia. So that is something that we are looking to establish next. So we are trying to write to the government and a few local universities to offer a degree or at least a diploma in veterinary nursing. But it's also, you know, if the government refused to recognize our roles, then universities would not want to offer this this sort of education program because at the end of the day, if we are not recognized, who would want to pursue this as an education? So it is it is a, something that we really, really need to fight for aggressively this year because uh, uh, the Veterinary Surgeon Act is actually from, it's, it's severely outdated. It's from the 1950s and haven't had changes since uh, that 70 years ago. <laughs> so uh, they're actually preparing to, to change it this year. So it is a, an opportunity for us because we had a change of government in Malaysia recently. So finally we are able to, you know, uh, make changes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we are, we are trying really hard for this. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned education in there. So, and I think you said earlier, there are two veterinary or two universities in Malaysia that, that veterinarians can be trained and, and become veterinarians. So do you think, again, if all the stars align and you're able to to move forward with this, could it be something like at Purdue where you are going through a veterinary nursing program at a university that certifies, you know, and educates veterinarians as well? Is, is that kind of the goal as far as education to, to piggyback onto one of those platforms or, or something completely different? Any idea? Oh, okay. For now, because both universities are actually government owned, they're public universities. So we don't have any private universities offering uh, this degree in veterinary medicine here in Malaysia. So to change a a government university would be slightly harder, I would say, compared to a private university. So we are trying, uh, we are trying everywhere, actually private and and public, the government. So if, if we can convince the government to legalize veterinary nursing here in Malaysia, I am sure that uh, they would start offering this course at the university, uh, yeah. the public university. But if there are no changes, then probably a, a private one. So, I mean, we don't have to start. Uh, probably education would be, we don't need to start with very invasive things immediately. We could start with something smaller like uh, nutrition or veterinary nursing care, uh, things like uh, just just very basic things so that we can, you know, it's something that we can show the veterinarians that, you know, veterinary nursing can really help in in a lot of aspect to 
to alleviate their responsibilities as well as to provide a better patient care experience for our patients and their owners. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. If, if we can't get that, we can start smaller. For yeah. me, it's a start, and and yeah. anyhow, it would be yeah, any small step is is a good step. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I I wonder, Jeff. Um, you know, we we just our last episode with Jen DeFord, she talked about where she was teaching high school students um, veterinary technician stuff, and they go through a veterinary assistant program to become certified veterinary assistants. I wonder if that would be something that would be a, a stepping stone for a vet tech program in Malaysia is to start them off with a vet assistant program to become certified vet assistants and then kind of piggyback onto that to become veterinary technicians. I wonder if that's something that would even be an option for, for Malaysia techs or Malaysia nurses. Yeah, that's actually a, that's actually a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I should suggest that to, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. And just kind, mm -hmm. kind of model it after that because they're, you know, they're, they're, I, I obviously I haven't been through the program. I don't know exactly what they teach, but I would imagine it's, it's more what you're doing now to become yeah. certified as mm -hmm. uh, assistants and then, and kind of yeah. go forward with that. Yeah, get some background education yeah. and get certified yeah. for a role you're already doing and yeah. then take it a step further. And then I think it's really important to know too, because we struggle even in the U.S. There are veterinarians who are not supportive of what we do here. There are still veterinarians who, you know, have veterinary technicians who are still only restraining and they're not, you know, allowed to do oh, things, wow. even though even though laws okay. allow for them to to do things, it's just there are still some that just are in that mindset. It's I feel like with each few years, that's becoming less and less and less, thankfully. But at some point, like they have to see the value in that and in, in taking letting their staff get educated and certified, the value that they can bring to the practice, the the elevation of patient care. I mean. I think even the, the a veterinarian that is really strongly against that, again, can see the the benefit to the patients. And hopefully at some point, like it, it's a, I can only imagine how, how long and slow of a process it is, but hopefully little bit by little bit, you know, if you get a few more veterinarians on board and, and they keep talking about it amongst themselves, because it, it's just like we say here, Dave, all the time, like, eventually you have to have the veterinarians support. I mean, that's, that's the only yep. way things are going to change. And we talk about that in the U S all the time with some of the struggles and things that we want to get changed here. Ultimately you have to have the veterinarians support because it's in the U S it's, it's the ABMA it's, it's veterinarian organizations that have all the power really to, to make the changes that we want to be, that we want to yep. be made. And so mm -hmm. with, with Mavna, I think, you know, sounds like you've already got a few veterinarians kind of on your side and the more, obviously, as you said, you know, assistants and nurses and all that, but if you can really get a few veterinarians in your corner to start kind of talking about it amongst veterinarians, I think that will be really, really, really helpful. Yeah. I, I think it helps also as a, because most of the opposing veterinarians here in Malaysia are, uh, you know, of the older ones. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> of, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're from a time where they were trained they don't differently. Really, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as the, we get more new vets, they are more open yeah. to yeah. Uh, newer ideas. 
Yeah, and I think we're seeing the same thing here, probably just on a on a little faster pace. Uh, but it, it's the same thing here. You know, I mean, we still have a lot of veterinarians in their 60s or 70s who maybe should or or are soon to retire. And and I think again, mm-hmm. just trained a very different way. Um, whereas opposed to you know veterinarians coming out of school the last five to ten years or so, um, I mean I worked at, at a university for a couple of years and I mean the technicians do a lot of of really cool stuff and and that's now how they're being trained is that you know you are the veterinarian you don't have to do all of this stuff um, and so hopefully again, slow process, but hopefully that you'll find the same, you know, over the next few years. Yeah, I, I believe uh, education is the most important part of getting us recognized because uh, without education, uh, I, I understand why the vets would not be confident to allow the oh, absolutely, yeah. nurses and assistants to perform many things because I, I truly learned a lot in Purdue and there's a lot of things that I thought I knew, but up until... <laughs> Uh, mm. Yeah, when I was in the program, and then I realized that I don't really know much at all. So <laughs> education is really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, as we're getting down towards the end of our of our hour, um, I, I know you said you had some stuff that you had written down to make sure that you you got got it out there. So, is, is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you want to get out to our listeners? I think I think we've covered quite a lot. Sorry again, I'm, I'm not really good at That's okay. speaking. That's okay. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think we've covered everything. Okay. It's, it's thank okay. thank you so much for the opportunity. Actually, of course. It's a huge, huge opportunity for us here in Malaysia to to be recognized, to be seen. Actually, yeah. One other question I would have before we we finish wrapping up here: um, What else can we do? Um, not just Dave and I here at the Vet Tech Cafe, but the U.S. NAVTA, like, what else can we do? How how else can we support you? And you may not have an answer right now, and that's okay. But um, you know, going forward, how 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 can we help? Uh, for me, I think inclusivity, it, be, uh, including uh, if we are more inclusive of uh, veterinary nurses and support staff from all over the world, it it is a huge motivation and inspiration for us to pursue this better. So I'm not sure, maybe uh, a lot more featuring of <laughs> veterinary nurses from not just Malaysia, from all around the yeah. world. It, it's a huge thing for us, for us small countries, small Southeast Asia country to be seen on an international platform is really huge for us. And it actually motivates our members and veterinary nurses to, you know, they, they, it got them thinking that, you know, I'm not just a restrainer, I'm not just a handler, I can be much more than that, I can be a, a true professional in this field. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're always, I mean, we decided, what Jeff, maybe a year, year and a half ago that we wanted to have more international guests mm-hmm. because, you know, we're, we're sitting here in our little U.S. bubble of, of knowing everything that's going on here in the States, but there, <laughs> like there, there's so much that's going on in other parts of the world that we're just not aware of. Um, and we want to bring that information out to our listeners to, to give them some perspective and, and, and realize that there's, there's other struggles that are going on in in different parts of the world. Yeah. And so, um, Suvia, if you have anybody kind of along those lines, um, you, you mentioned Southeast Asia, if you, you know, through, through this process, if you have any, 
contacts in other countries that you think would be, you know, guests that would be would want to be on the Vet Tech Cafe to talk about what this profession looks like in their country or, or what have you, um, please, you know, contact us. We can get in touch with them or have them contact us directly um, because we can only our contacts are not that broad. I just, again, I just happened to see Mavna in the NAVTA newsletter and, and reached out to you. So if there's anybody, you know, in, in other countries around you, as, as you go through this process that you think, you know, would, would want to be on this, um, definitely please feel free to put us in contact with them. Yeah. We would love to have the same discussion with people from as many countries as, as we can. Yep. Sure. That, that's a great idea. It's really, really huge. Yep. Yeah. Thanks so much for the opportunity again. Yep. Of course. Well, we've got one more question for you. This is this is the fun question. This is the would you rather question. I, I usually have three, but I think, Jeff, I think that middle question is not going to be relevant. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So give me what question do you want? Do you want question number one or question number three? Just just pick one or three. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe three. But three. I, okay. I can't see the question. Okay. I know you can't see the question. That's the point. <laughs> that's, that, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> All right. Would you rather communicate only in songs or only in whispers? I think I know the answer. For songs. Oh, oh, really? I was going to say whispers <laughs> because you said you weren't you weren't comfortable with public speaking, so you would only speak oh. in songs. Only in songs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, great. <laughs> um, well, Suvia, thank you so much yeah. for for taking some time thank out you very to, much. To, to talk with us. Um, best of luck as you you know move forward with your program in Purdue. Um, and, and again, you know, any support we can, we can help provide, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we're, we're going to have our eye on, on Mavna and how you guys move forward. We're really excited to see that. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And caffeinators, um, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you guys are doing well and we will talk to you again soon. Bye guys. Hello, caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community, and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators! We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day. Thank you.